Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to give a shout out to our podcast partners, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, the Florida Coaches Coalition, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, and We Coach. These are four great organizations. You really need to add them to your network. And now, please don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next three minutes. Listen to our sponsorship messages. These are great companies that you really need to have working for you. I used them as an AD. You'll love them too. Here we go. We want to say thanks to Home Campus. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for the podcast. It's also your one-stop platform for scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, state association connections, and so much more. As an athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was so easy to use, and their staff is also great to work with. To find out more, go to home-campus.com and get signed up. That's home-campus.com. Check out Home Campus. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com, start creating world-class sports graphics for your school in seconds. You don't need any design training. It's so easy, even I can use it. Go to gipper.com, mention you heard about it on the podcast, and you'll get a nice discount. That's gipper.com. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. I don't think I need to say anything more. Hometown's going to show you how to set up and sell tickets online for all your events, not just athletic events, but things like dances, plays, even graduation. And they're going to provide you with a dedicated client success manager to give you hands-on support. Go to hometownticketing.com and get started today. Hometownticketing.com. We also want to say thanks to District 1. Go to District 1, that's W-O-N.com. Check out all the things that they can do for you, including custom uniforms. You can get custom uniforms in 20 business days or less. And here's the best part. You'll never have to order a complete set again when you just need to replace one or two. Go to District 1, that's W-O-N.com. Check them out today. Click on the Team Gear button, district1.com. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo. See their tables and their boards in action. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Their products not only generate income for your, your department, but also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and join the 6 million users. Find out how to turn your school into a huddle school. Huddle.com will change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used huddle, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that huddle provided them to coach their kids at their highest level. At huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in huddle. Go to huddle.com. Turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. 
You've got Snap Sponsor, Snap Connect, Snap Store, Snap Manage. Of course, there's Snap Raise, their fundraising platform. We used it with great success, and so can you. Go to snapraise.com. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. Nobody else offers that. Go to snapraise.com. Get started today. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. Vital Signs Wall of Fame is a great way to display your school record boards, your school's Hall of Fame, or just allow you to tell more compelling stories to highlight your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Mention the podcast, you'll get a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Uh, check out um, their surveys, which will allow you to take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. ADs usually only hear back from the 2%, the parents that want to gripe and complain about everything. Athletic Surveys is going to connect you with the 2%, but also with the 98% that love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a school board member, uh, your principal, or that frustrated parent. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Athleticsurveys.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is David Kitchen. David is the founder, also the president of Edge Leadership. Uh, he's an author, he's a coach, he's a speaker on a national scale. And uh, we're going to hear um, about edge leadership and more importantly, why you as an AD or a coach should know about it. So uh, David Kitchen, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Thanks for having me, Jake. I'm really excited to be here. It's, it's going to be a great conversation. Well, as you and I mentioned, you know, we've had this on schedule for a while. I'm excited to hear about it. Um, as you know, we always let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So Give us that quick bio, where you were born, uh, where you grew up. Maybe take us up through your own high school and college days, and then we'll stop there, take our first break, and then when we come back, we'll hear more about Edge. But uh, what's the David Kitchen uh, origin story? Yeah, absolutely, man. So I, I was born in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, uh, was raised in Tamako, Pennsylvania, slash Berwick, Pennsylvania. So for those people that are not familiar um, with rural Pennsylvania, it's basically coal cracker country. Um, parents and families are either a mining family or an industry family, a lot of blue collar work. And so I was born and I never met my biological father. Um, my mom was a, was a single mom and is an absolute rock star, uh, busted her butt all the way through my childhood to make sure that, you know, we had what we needed. Um, I was fortunate to have have a stepbrother as well, or half-brother, he's not a stepbrother, he's a half-brother, um, but we wouldn't know the difference as far as I'm concerned, that guy's my brother, and and uh, so we grew up together, his his father um, was kind of a, a rough individual, had some struggles of his own, and so we saw a lot as children, um, you know, on the side of, of addiction and, and struggle, and, and watching my mom go through, um, you know, trying to keep the family together, um, while, you know, this, this guy was, was kind of doing his best to tear us apart, um, to be honest with you. And, and so 
you know, that was, was my early childhood. And for a long time, I didn't talk about that for a long time. It was something that I kind of hid from something that I didn't talk about. Um, but you know, as I've grown and as I've matured, I've realized how much that that's played into who I am today. And so had that, you know, from probably age five to age 12. So, so we joke about it in our house and say, most people become a man at, at 18. I became the man of the house at 11. Um, and so, you know, had the opportunity and the responsibility to, to be the rock of my family early on and, and learn a lot about that, um, and what it means to, to be a man and be in charge and be a leader, um, and those types of things. And then was fortunate enough that my mom got us out of that situation, moved us to Borough, Pennsylvania. Um, Berwick is a national powerhouse in football. Um, they're on any, you know, top 25 list you look at as far as wins and, and everything else. Um, so was, was really lucky to get the opportunity to go there. Um, and be a part of that community and be a part of that tradition there and that culture um, was also fortunate to be a good player on a great team. Um, so as we all know that, you know, a rising, a rising tide lifts all ships. Um, so was fortunate to get, you know, opportunities from colleges and start to get pretty heavily recruited um, my junior year. I'm the typical, you know, Friday night lights, sob story, blew my knee, um, lost the scholarship opportunities, kind of lost my own way, to be honest with you. Um, wasn't sure what I was going to do. And at the 11th hour, um, I played in, a, in an all-star game and a coach came up to me and, and his son was actually the quarterback on the opposing team. Um, and he was a head coach at a college and he came up to me and, and gave me an opportunity. And so I ended up um, playing my college ball at Susquehanna University. Um, phenomenal school, had the opportunity to coach there now. But as a player, um, I was the definition of uh, a bust. I was the definition of, of somebody that came in as, as one of the top guys on the board um, and just never panned out. And then I tell people openly now, like, I never started a game in my college career. I went from being a Division One recruit to never starting a game at a Division Three school. Um, part of that was injuries, but the big part of it was my own ego and was my lack of focus and my lack of maturity, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, my coach there, Coach Steve Briggs, is is influential in my life beyond um you know anything that I can even put into words he he pretty much saved me from myself and and we've had the opportunity now that I'm older um to sit down and talk especially now that I'm a coach myself I said you know why did you keep me um what, what was your thought process you know I I, I would have kicked me off the team if it was me and and he said you know Kitch you needed football more than football needed you and he was 100% right um, and he pushed me to take internships and study abroad in Europe and and do different things. And he kept me around the team. Um, and so that really set me up for the trajectory that I'm on now um, was having that experience and being around somebody that wouldn't give up on me, even when I had given up on myself. And um, so that plays a lot into, you know, how I lead now and how I approach things. But, yeah, man, it's been a uh, it's been a wild ride been a wild ride to get here. And, and that's kind of the Reader's Digest version of, you know, growing up in, in what I like to call uh, Friday Night Lights without the oil rigs um, to playing school, playing ball at a small school and, and uh, you know, messing some things up, making some mistakes, learning, growing and getting a great education along the way. Yeah. Uh, having coached, uh, you know, my entire career, and obviously I'm retired now and, and also, you know, spent some time coaching at the college level. Um, you know, we see that, I guess, more than we would uh, like to see it, you know, great talent, but just for whatever reason, you know, can't get that athlete to produce on the field. Um, looking back, um, and, and again, just real quick, 
what are some things that you would tell your younger self now that hopefully might sink in to that younger self? Anything? Have you ever thought about that? Absolutely. The, the number one thing I would tell them is nobody's coming to save you. It is your responsibility. All the choices you're making are on you. Um, and that was something that I, I struggled with. And even down to like, I was the guy that on the field, I could do whatever you needed me to do physically. Um, I was an offensive lineman. I came in as a defensive lineman. They switched me over to offense. I was playing guard. I could do whatever you needed me to do physically. The problem was I only did it my way. And so I was the guy that, you know, I was going off script and, and doing things my way um, on and off the field. And so that would be the number one thing that I would tell myself is all these decisions you're making are on you and the results that you're getting are on you. And I just was not in a place to hear that. And, and so now as a coach and, and as, a, as an entrepreneur and as a, as a leadership coach, I tell people that all the time. If you can start to understand that and grasp that, um, it has the power to change your life. Because once I took responsibility and, and stopped playing the victim and, oh, I didn't know my dad and I grew up poor and this and that and everybody's against me. No, man, you just got to take responsibility for the decisions and the opportunities and, and be aware of, of the impact that your choices has have on the people around you, you know, because that was the number one thing that my coach told me. Um, I came in my freshman year and and complained to him, you know, why am I not playing? I didn't get it. I was I was more physically talented than some of the guys that were around me. And I said, I don't understand. And he said, Kitch, we can't trust you. You know, he said, at some point, he said, you have to learn to be the guy instead of being that guy. Like, you're the reason right now that coaches keep their phones on at night. And that didn't sink in at the time. But now that I'm older, I look back on that and I'm like, oh, I get completely what he was saying. Yeah. Uh, again, we're, we're going to go into more of that. I'm sure when we talk about, uh, you know, the edge leadership, but for our listeners, uh, our guest today is David kitchen. Uh, he's a coach, he's an author, he's a entrepreneur, and uh, he's the president and founder of edge leadership. Let's take our first break, but we're coming back with some more. This is the educational AD podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Home Campus. Uh, if you've never heard of Home Campus, Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for the Educational AD Podcast. It's also your one-stop platform for scheduling, uh, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, um, state association connections, and so much more. As a high school athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day. And it really made my day easier. Uh, the home campus team was so easy to work with, and you'll love them too. For more information and get to how to get signed up, go to home-campus.com. That's home-campus.com. Check them out today. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're visiting today with David Kitchen of edge leadership. David, you shared, uh, you know, you're a college football player. You're, you know, frustrated, you know, you're, you're learning some of those life lessons from, from coaches. Um, what was it like after football, after graduation? Uh, you know, what were some of those early career steps? Yeah, so after football, uh, I kind of lost myself. Wasn't really sure who I was. I had to figure it out. You know, I'd grown up and football was my identity. Football was who I was. Um, it was everything to me. And, and so once that was over, I was like, okay, what do I do next? Um, and so when I graduated, everybody was telling me, you know, find something outside of athletics, 
do something completely different, get into business, do this, do that. Um, and so I listened to him and I got a job selling IT systems. Um, and so I was literally traveling all over Pennsylvania from, we had, I covered about 52%, I remember the number, 52% of the state um, selling IT systems and cloud solutions to small businesses. And I did that for a year and I was good at it. Um, and I was making money and I was miserable and I hated it. And I wore a shirt and tie every single day. And I was like, man, I can't do this much longer. This just doesn't work for me. Um, and so luckily for me, I was driving one day and I got a phone call from a guy who was a high school coach of mine. He was on our staff. And, and when I played in high school, and he said, Kitch, I just got my first head job. You know, I'm coaching at this school. It's local to where you're living right now. Can you come just run the weight room? You don't have to coach on the field. I know you have a full-time job, but can you come run the weight room? I said, yeah, sure. Absolutely. I would, I would love to do that. So I started running the weight room. Maybe a week into it, I, I said to him, coach, you got a spot for me on the field. I, I want to coach. I, I, I need to be around the game. And so stepped into coaching the offensive defensive line. I did that for a season. It was a phenomenal experience, man. Small private school, private high school in uh, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania called Holy Redeemer. And after about a year or after one season of that, I, I sat down and I said, okay, I think I want to be a coach. Um, I think this is what I'm meant to do. And this is where I'm supposed to be. And so I didn't know how to become a strength and conditioning coach. I had a business degree and so I wasn't sure what to do. So I sat down and I wrote letters to every division one school on the East coast. And I said, I will quit my job. I will come work for you for free. Just give me an opportunity. Um, I'll come work in the weight room and got very, very few responses. But one of the guys that did reach out to me was Todd Hammer at Robert Morris University uh, in Pittsburgh. And so Todd gave me the opportunity to come out there. And so I, I quit my job and, and uh, packed everything I had into a little Jeep, drove out. I lived in a one bedroom apartment that was actually an old high school that they transitioned into one bedroom apartments in a sketchy area of Pittsburgh. Um, and I paid my rent all in cash. So that tells you the kind of area it was. Um, so I lived in this in this apartment and I studied for my exam um, to pass it. I had to pass to become a strength and conditioning coach. So the CSCS exam. So I literally had a, like a plastic tote. That was my nightstand. It was my kitchen table. It was my desk. It was everything. I had that and I had a bed and uh, I busted my butt for, for five months there under, under Todd. And I ran out of money and I came home to work a job and work a camp um, to make some money so I could go back to Pittsburgh and pay another month of rent. Cause Again, they don't accept credit cards out there. It was all cash. Um, so I went to this camp and, and I'm coaching as a football camp at Bloomsburg University. And I met their strength coach and a guy named Bill Perkins. And we got to talking and I told him what I was doing. And he said, well, I'm looking for an intern if you want to you want to come intern for me. And that was much closer to home. So I was able to live with my parents um, and, and intern at Bloomsburg University. So I did that. Um, that's a division two school. After about... Three months, four months there, the assistant strength coach quit. And so Bill came to me and said, would you want to step up and become this assistant? I said, absolutely. So I stepped into that role, wasn't making really any money. Uh, so I went to the athletic director at the time and I said, hey, is there anything I can do? Like, is there any opportunity for me to make some money here? And he said, well, the equipment manager job is open. Do you think you can do both? And I said, for sure, sign me up. And so I spent the next year doing laundry, I would wake up, run training groups in the morning, go back to the equipment room, do the laundry. I had a half a couch that I saw outside the uh, outside the, one of the educational buildings. And I asked the maintenance men to cut it in half so that I could fit it in the equipment room. So I put it in the equipment room. I would sleep on that. 
and I would do the laundry and, and coach. And it, it was awesome, man. It, it was an absolute grind, but it was, it was so exciting for me. Um, I really enjoyed it. And so I was, I was at Bloomsburg for two years total. The second year I had the opportunity to become the head strength coach. So I was the youngest head strength coach in all of, of college athletics. I was 24 years old, um, was vastly, vastly underprepared for that role. Um, but super grateful of all the coaches there. They gave me their trust and, and allowed me to do that. Um, so I was in charge of that for a year, 18 months total. Um, and then I had the opportunity to, to go to Division One and had the opportunity to go to UNLV, um, become the number two there with football. And so I was the youngest assistant director in all of um, FBS football. So I was 25 and a half at the time, 26. Um, again, wildly underprepared but came in and learned from Sean Manuel, who is one of the best in the business. He's an ex-NFL athlete, um, was was one of the masterminds behind the Bishop Gorman run um, out in Vegas, the the decade of dominance, they call it. I think it won 10 straight um, state championships. And so, you know, had the opportunity to learn from him. And it was one of the best things I could ever do and, and moved across the country and, and lived in a, a hotel for a little bit and then was able to get an apartment and, and coach at UNLV, um, you know, again, just a guy from small town PA, all of a sudden I'm coaching in the horseshoe and it was, it was wild. It was, it was mind blowing to me. Um, but one of the best things I ever did. And, and then from there um, came back home to Susquehanna university, got the opportunity to coach my alma mater um, was there for a little bit under six months, not long. Um, and actually got the call to go to Georgia Southern and be the men's basketball strength coach. So made it back to division one. I'm one of the few people to have coached basketball and football at the division one level um went there in 2019 coached the the season um and then we came off a 22 win season i believe we were on the bus driving to the atlanta airport to go to march madness and the world shut down and the pandemic hit and um you know when that happened you know, everything changed, everything shifted and, and it shifted some perspectives in me because we were driving back from the airport and uh, the, the head coach, you know, wasn't speaking much. And, and I was sitting next to him on the bus across the aisle. We get back to campus and I said, coach, do you want to meet? What do you want to do here? Um, and he said, no, go see your family. And I was like, okay. Um, so I fly back to Pennsylvania. I see my family. A couple of days later, I'm on the internet. I see that he accepted a job at another university. And so I'm like, oh, he knew he was leaving. Okay, so this is kind of interesting. And obviously at that level, we're all tied to him. So when he leaves, we don't know if we have a job. We don't know what's going on. Um, and so that was when my perspective kind of shifted. And I was like, okay, I don't know if I want to do this Division One lifestyle. I don't know if I want to be have my fate tied to somebody else. And, and um, so that's when I started to get some of the ideas that ultimately led to Edge. But, um, you know, it was, again, phenomenal, phenomenal experience. I, I've loved every journey, every stop along the way on my journey, man. It's It's been great. And I tell people all the time, like, coaching is the best profession in the world. I mean, there, there's nothing that compares to it. Even what I'm doing now, I love it to death. I love what I'm doing as a business owner and, and doing these things, but there's nothing like getting in the trenches with, with the kids and, and spending that time and building something special and then, and then seeing it, you know, pay off on the field or on the court or, or wherever you're at. Um, so that's, that's kind of the early days and that's, that's what led to edge. Boy, I, again, I'd love to hear the journeys and you, you certainly covered a lot of ground there. You alluded to it a couple of times, you know, getting hired as, you know, in a head position at a young age, you know, the expression we use, I was a head football coach at 24 at the high school level. You know, you don't know what you don't know. 
Uh, and so you got an opportunity to learn that. Also, I bet you uh, uh, came across some people that uh, turned into pretty good mentors for you. And that's going to be our next segment. So for our listeners, we're visiting today with David Kitchen, you know, longtime college coach, now the founder and president of Edge Leadership. We're going to hear about that, but let's take another quick break. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Gipper for their support of the podcast. Go to Gipper.com. See how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channel. If you mention the podcast, they'll give you a nice little discount. Uh, Gipper uh, is going to help you create professional-grade um, shout-outs for your athletes, for your teams, for your entire athletic program. Go to Gipper.com for more information. Gipper.com. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, uh, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. I don't think I need to say anything more. Go to Hometown Ticketing. They're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online, not just for athletic events, but things like concerts, school plays, dances, even graduation. And every step of the way, you'll have a dedicated client success manager providing you hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com to get started hometownticketing.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. David, you took us on a journey uh, across country, Division One, uh, all over the place. Uh, I'm going to bet that a couple of the individuals you met along the way served and probably still are serving as mentors. So who are some of the people that have helped you in your career so far? Yeah, as I say all the time, I, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for the people around my around me throughout my career. Um, going all the way back to, you know, Todd Hammer. I actually just had the opportunity to sit down with Todd on my own podcast a couple of days ago. And, and he was the first guy to give me a shot at Robert Morris. And, you know, I think I learned something different from each of them. So I'll kind of give you the mentor and then kind of the, the quick lesson from each of them. Um, you know, Todd was somebody that, he taught me a lot about how to just be myself in the weight room and just be myself as a coach. And he made me understand um, that your coaching voice and your coaching personality is just you, but louder. Um, everything is the same. And so I was a young guy trying to figure it out. Um, and he gave me the opportunity. And, and he also showed me that, you know, there's so many people out there that just need an opportunity. They just need a shot. And, and, you know, so I'm forever grateful to him and the things he taught me along the way. And he's a great friend now. Um, but was a phenomenal mentor as well throughout throughout the time. Um, you know, at Bloomsburg, I, I had Coach Bill Perkins. So Coach Perkins was a 25-year veteran of the field when I got there. And he um, had been strength coach of the year. I mean, multiple, you know, uh, Final Four appearances in football, um, had coached, you know, the Harlan Hill winners and, and just all over the board. Um, and, you know, he – from day one, he took me under his wing and he just showed me the importance of being prepared. Like there was nothing that was left up to chance with that guy. I mean, his attention to detail was unbelievable in the way that we organized every single thing uh, from what time the kids showed up to how the weight room was set up to where people were. Um, you know, everything about it was just meticulous and, and planned out. Um, and then the other thing that he showed me was just a level of humility that was was to me was just unbelievable. So when the opportunity be, came up uh, for me to be the head strength coach, it meant that I would then become his boss. And so I would go from working for him to then being over him. 
And in, to everybody else on the outside, it just made sense for him to step into that role. I mean, he had been there for 25 years as the head football strength coach. Why wouldn't he just be the director for the whole school? And he sat me down and he said, Kitch, you should do this. It'll be good for your career. And I said, Bill, are you serious? And he said, absolutely. He said, and I'll support you. And so he went to the AD and he had my back and he he literally gave me the platform to have the coaching career that I had. And so when, when people say in coaching, we stand on the shoulders of giants, uh, we literally do. And Coach Perkins was also a physical giant. He's also about six foot five, 300 pounds. So he's also, you know, physically he's a giant as well. Um, but his humility and his his level of, uh, you know, just awareness and and his ability to pour into people was just phenomenal. And, and uh, you know, I can't thank him enough for that. And, and then obviously we have Coach Manny out at UNLV, Sean Manuel. Um, you want to talk about a genuine leader and an authentic leader. That guy is the definition of it. Um, he taught me, you know, a level of self-awareness and a level of of owning your story that a lot of coaches I think would learn from and would still benefit from. You know, Coach Manny showed up every day as himself, and he would tell you the truth, right, wrong, or indifferent, man. It didn't matter how it made you feel. He was going to be honest with you about what was going on. And one of the things he said to me that stuck out, and I still hold on to this, was it was during my first couple of weeks at UNLV, and I was getting torched, man. I was I was tired. I was working 14-hour days. I mean, it was, it was brutal. And he looked at me. It was like a Wednesday, and I was just gassed. And he looked at me, and he said, I see it in your face. And I was like, what? And he's like, I see it in your face. Don't give into it. Sit in the pressure. Let it do its work. You will like who you become on the other side. And that stuck with me. You know, just sit in it. Just sit in it and stay a little bit longer. Um, and continue to do a little bit more and push a little bit further. And so he showed me, um, you know, a version of me that I didn't even know existed. And he brought things out in me that I didn't know were there um, from a work capacity standpoint, but also as a man, you know. And so he he poured into me as a human um, in ways that he didn't have to, and in, in ways that I can't thank him enough for. So I've been so blessed, man, along the way to, to be surrounded by great people, um, and people that have taught me lessons that have changed my life and, and built me into the person that I am today. You know, let's go ahead and jump from there, um, into, um, the process that, um, developed, uh, and birthed, I guess, edge leadership, uh, you know, your coaching, at a very high level, um, you know, what was happening with you? What happened that led to the creation of edge leadership? And then we'll take a break and take that deeper dive into exactly what edge leadership is and does. Yeah, man, I love telling this story. So um, I've always been a little bit of a psychology nerd and I've always been interested in what makes people tick, you know, human development, things like that. So I have a master's in sports psych, um, but what, what actually led to edge was I had, I kept hearing it from coaches and from players and from scouts and everybody. We need more leaders. We want more people to step up and be a leader. We want this. We want that. I've been in those end of the year meetings where you have this great team that was player led and was everything that you wanted. And then you're all scratching your head going, how do we recreate that? How do we do this again? How do we capture that lightning in a bottle again? And it all came to a head when one of my players came in my office and he said, coach, can we talk? said, absolutely. Now, this guy was the best leader that I had ever coached, ever. He's making a lot of money playing his sport now. But he came in, he said, coach, can we talk? I said, yeah. He said, listen, man, my whole life, I've been the best player on every team I've ever been on. Everybody's always telling me to lead. Nobody ever taught me how. And I was like, boom, that was it. Light bulb moment right there. I was like, wow, if this young man doesn't feel equipped to lead, then who does? 
And I grew up in a household where my mom and my grandmother were famous for saying, don't complain about something unless you plan on solving it. And so that was it for me. I was like, I'm going to solve this problem. I'm going to go teach people how to be leaders. I'm going to break this down. I'm going to understand it from a psychology standpoint, and I'm going to give people the skills to be leaders. And so that's how Edge was born. You know, um, I've mentioned that uh, once or twice in a, in a casual moment that, uh, um, you know, high school uh, sports setting, you know, kid's a junior, he becomes a senior and you say, okay, senior, you're a captain now. Uh, and many times uh, th that kid uh, has no idea how to be a captain, how to be a leader. And you're absolutely right. It's a skill just like strength or speed or agility or catching a football. Uh, we need to teach our young people um, how to be leaders. So I'm really excited to hear more about edge leadership. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about next. So let's go and take that uh, next break. And when we come back, we're going to find out what edge leadership is and why you as an AD or coach listening needs to find out more about it. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Tables and Video Boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com right now. Schedule a live web demo and see their tables and their boards in action. Their products not only generate income for your athletic department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made was my Sideline Interactive indoor score table. Uh, it's just fantastic. And the Sideline Interactive staff are great to work with. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Check out their products today. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just love the tools that Huddle provided to help them take their kids to their highest level. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users and turn your school into a Huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Snap Mobile's the parent company for an entire suite of platforms that you can find at snapraise.com. Go to snapraise.com and check out Snap Connect, Snap Sponsor, Snap Store, Snap Manage, and of course, Snap Raise, their fundraising platform. We used it at our school with great success, and so can you. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you've actually started your fundraiser. I don't think anybody else offers that. Go to snapraise.com to check it out uh, for more details. That's snapraise.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. David, um, you know that we nobody's going to deny the importance of leadership training for young people, but you know, what is edge leadership? And again, I'll be the captain obvious here. Why should our listeners care? And listeners, you should care. So what is edge leadership? Yeah, so edge leadership academy is, is our business now um, where our main mission is to arm as many people as possible with the skills that it takes to be leaders. And, 
The way that we do that, we offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. We do um, C-suite executives. We do coaches. We do administrators. We do players. Um, the biggest thing that we try and do is be the driving force behind people's success. We try and simplify leadership because it is this abstract term. It is this abstract thing that a lot of times we don't know how to teach people um, how to be leaders. And so we break it down in the processes. We break it down in the skills. Um, we try and give people those skills to do that. So we now are with, you know, somewhere between 50 and 75 NCAA programs. Um, we have over a hundred different clients that we work with now um, in business and in sports, but ultimately like what we do is we provide workshops, we provide um, courses, we provide one-on-one -on -one consultations, um, whatever you're looking for is kind of our, our game. The biggest thing for us is that it's connection before content. Um, so as a coach, I always said relationships are more important than rings. And I say the same as a business owner now, um, the connection is more important than content. So what we do is we try and engage people in the process of building leaders. Uh, we don't sell the snake oil guru stuff where we say, hey, here's five steps to make every kid on your team a leader. It just doesn't work like that. Um, so instead, what we try and do is help people and help coaches build systems that allow them to repeat and build leaders over time. Um, and so that's that's kind of our approach to it. Um, again, there's a lot more specifics that I'm more than happy to dive into, but that's the the 30,000 foot view of who we are and what we do. Well, let's save some specifics for the next segment, but or or who knows, maybe we'll dive into it now. Um, for that cynical AD or coach that's maybe they're in Florida, maybe they're someplace else, uh, that is is thinking snake oil salesperson, you know, what, again, you've went into your background uh, as far as coaching at a number of different levels, obviously the leadership lessons that you've learned and, and can teach are there, but um, what uh, I'll put you on the spot. What sets you and edge leadership academies apart uh, and why should that cynical AD reach out to you? And we'll give out all the contact information in a minute. Yeah, because it's theory meets practice. That's the way that we approach it. It's theory meets practice. Um, so what I mean by that is not only do I have the coaching experience, um, but I also am a candidate for a PhD in psychology. So I'm finishing up my PhD in psychology as well. And so everything that we teach is rooted in human psychology. Everything that we teach from a culture standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, from building high performers and competition within your team and accountability and all those things, they're based in psychology. And then I test them against what we've seen in the real world. Um, and so for us, it's always, again, theory meets practice because as coaches, as athletic directors, we know like ideas are great. Execution is what matters. If you can't execute on it, it's irrelevant, right? And sometimes that's what we run into. And I've sat in those meetings as a coach. We brought in guest speakers. We brought in people. And there were times where we left the meeting and I was excited. I was motivated. But then I sat down with the material and I'm like, how do I implement this? And that's what that's where it stopped. And so for us at Edge, we want to give you the tools to implement it today. Like I tell people at every workshop, every consultation, every event that we do, you should walk out of here with three to five things that you can put into practice today with your team and you will be able to see measurable change. Um, and that's why we share our numbers you know, far and wide and we are not ashamed to, to come out and say, hey, here's what Edge schools have done. These are the numbers. Um, this is the, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Uh, and again, I encourage everyone to go to the Edge Leadership website. Uh, David, let's go ahead and give that out right now. We'll do it at the end of the podcast too. But 
Um, what's the website and what's the best way that they can reach out and get a hold of you and pick your brain for edge leadership stuff and more? Uh, how do they do that? Yeah, so it's it's edgeleadershipacademy.com. Um, we have a newsletter on there that we send out that's that's free. We also have what's called a leadership library on there that has a bunch of free PDFs and downloads and things that you can use um, with your teams, share them, do whatever you want with them, print them out. Uh, they're there for people to, to help. Um, the other way that you can get in touch with me is just through social media, anything. And I'm sure we'll share all that stuff at the end as well. Um, so I won't give you all the, the specifics now, but social media, email, um, I'm always open. I, I'm one of those guys and my business partner hates me for it because I'm a coach at heart. I want to talk shop. I want to help people. Um, that's what I'm here to do. And so I'm always open to have those conversations with people in any way that we can add value. Like that's, that's who we are. That's what I'm about. All right. Well, again, we're going to take a little bit deeper dive into some specific things that edge leadership can do for you, but let's take another break. Stay with us. This is the educational AD podcast. And of course, my. We want to say thank you to our good friends at VitalSignsWallOfFame.com. They are on a mission to help you bring your school's legacy to life. The Wall of Fame is actually an interactive touchscreen video console that allows you to celebrate your school's proudest moments, both past and present, in athletics, academics, and the arts. It also helps you tell more compelling stories to your stakeholders, and it's a great way to display your school's school record boards and your school's Hall of Fame. For more information, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their great products, and when you're ready to order, use the link vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake, and you'll get a nice discount. Bring your school's legacy to life. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to say thanks to District 1. That's W-O-N.com. Go to district1.com. You're going to feel like you've won when you check out the custom uniforms that they can produce for you. You can also get them in 20 business days or less. And here's the best part. You'll never have to order a full set of uniforms again when you just need to replace one or two. Go to District 1. That's W-O-N. Hit the team gear button and get your free quote. That's district1.com. Check them out today. Welcome back, everyone. We're visiting with David Kitchen, the founder and the president of District, <laughs> district 1, excuse me, Edge Leadership, Edge Leadership. Um, David, um, you gave some broad brushstrokes about the importance and, of leadership and how Edge can do that. If you can, share some specific examples of, of clients, schools, individuals that you've worked with to help show our listeners how it can be of benefit to them. Can you think of any? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of my favorite workshops and, and curriculums that we've done was with Chestnut Hill College, uh, Division II school outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, so their men's basketball coach had just got hired and he was we, we had known each other through some mutual friends and we talked and I said, dude, I, I would love to help you come in. I would love for us to come in and help you set your standards, set your culture right from day one. And so he trusted us with that process. And so we actually put together eight workshops um, with his team where we worked on understanding what accountability looks like for them 
um, what culture looks like for them, what their values were as a team, what their mission was as a team, what their vision was as a team, and then understanding what are the standards that we're going to hold ourselves to throughout this process. And we also talked a lot about building leadership roles and where we fit along that spectrum. Um, and so over time, like I said, we did eight eight workshops at the beginning. We ended up coming back and doing a mid-season one. Um, within two years, he took that program from being a bottom of the barrel, um, scraping to, to be barely 500, to making an appearance in their conference tournament. Um, and now he's actually gotten a job at, at University of Delaware as, as a basketball coach. And we just talked today about um, coming down there and doing some work with them there. So that was one of my favorite experiences, just because it was it was helping him build a culture from scratch. Like it was, okay, we're at a clean slate, um, you know, new head coach, new players. He brought in, I think there were six transfers on the team. So it was just this really complex um, situation, but it was at the same time, it was a blank slate. And so we got the opportunity to help them design. What does our culture look like? What does it mean to be a member of this program? Um, and what does it mean to lead a, a, this program? And so that, that was one of our favorites. Um, I had a blast doing that. You know, the other one that was really challenging, but unique for us was St. Mary's college. So St. Mary's college in uh, outside Baltimore, Maryland, during the pandemic, they wanted to do something with their student athletes. And so the athletic director reached out to me um, and said, you know, how do you feel about putting together a curriculum for our for our coaches and our athletes together to help us get through the pandemic downtime? And so we developed what we called the win the weight series. And so we worked with all 28 of their programs. Um, we ended up doing 12 workshops and we would meet every Sunday and we would go over everything from finding your leadership persona, how to utilize those personas. Um, we talked about developing your leadership style, understanding your values and your motivation to lead. Why do you even want to be a leader? Um, what does it mean? You know, we under we talked a lot about the difference between having a title and being a leader, um, which I think can be difficult. We also talked a lot with the student athletes um, about the difference between accountability and culture. Right. And so I say all the time, accountability is telling somebody, hey, we don't do that here. Culture is what the rest of the room does when you say that. Do you feel like you're on an island? Does the rest of the team back you? You know, so getting them to understand that was really cool. And then talking through the different types of cultures with them, like, hey, where are we at now? Before you can change anything, you have to know where you're at. And so getting them to understand what does our team culture look like now and where do we want to be? And so we did that um, throughout the 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 time period during the pandemic. So again, it was called the win the weight series. Um, and that was really cool. And then it was, it was really fun for me to talk to the coaches afterwards because the coaches were part of these meetings and to talk to them afterwards and hear the impact that it had on their student athletes, hear the impact that it had on their programs. And the fact that they're, you know, we're now a year and a half, two years removed from this. I'm still hearing from their coaches that they're still using the vision statements, the mission statements, the value statements that we came up with during that win the weight series. Um, so that that was phenomenal. The other one that I had a blast with uh, that's a, a big highlight for us was going down to the University of Miami. Um, we went down to the U and, and you know, first off, just to be in that building. I mean, I, I'm still a small town kid from from Pennsylvania. And so to walk in the U um, in sunny South Florida and, and get the opportunity um, to spend time with their football staff was was tremendous. And we talked to them about leadership principles for coaches and how to identify, like, what are you driven by? And then who on your staff can balance you out? Because I think that's something that we mess up a lot as leaders um, and getting them to understand and getting them to be able to develop their own leadership statements and their own leadership styles 
Um, and then going into, okay, now how do we cultivate leaders within our team? So what are the skills and what are the situations that we can put our student athletes in that are going to help them develop into leaders? And then beyond that, how do we develop a leadership council so that it's not just our seniors? And what responsibilities do we give to underclassmen? How do we identify what type of leader they can be? Well, what if a kid says he wants to be, you know, one of the things we talk about is like a heat seeker, right? Which is somebody that will have the hard conversations. What if a kid says, hey, I want to be a heat seeker, but it doesn't fit his personality? What do we do as a coach then? How do we still give this kid leadership responsibilities and groom him into the type of leader that we think he should be? And so it's understanding the push and pull. And I call it the KYP, right? We all know that as football coaches, know your personnel. KYP, man, that's the biggest thing when it comes to leadership. And so doing all these different workshops at these different universities, um, different high schools, and whether they're, you know, one-time engagements or, you know, like St. Mary's where we're working with them over a series of time, um, it's just been a tremendous thing. And one, one of the big things that we see with the kids, especially with the student athletes, is when we title it something special and we give them a mission that they're working towards, right? So like with uh, St. Mary's, we called it win the weight. Like, that's what it was about. We knew everybody was waiting during that pandemic period. What are you going to do to win the weight, right? And then same thing um, with Susquehanna Field Hockey, which this case study is available on our website. I'll send it out to anybody that wants it. We rebuilt their whole culture um, throughout the pandemic period, and we called it Leading Without the Lights, right? And so now we do our summer campus tour. We have, um, you know, we have our high-performance network. I mean, we have all these different programs that are great. But at the end of the day, as I said before, execution is what matters, right? So you have to you have to measure what matters. So for us, we look at numbers like this. The programs that have participated in our in our curriculums have an average increase of 25% in wins. Now, again, is it all us? No, it's great recruiting, it's great coaching, it's great other things, but we try and help to set the foundation for that. We've had 10 programs in the past three years that have worked with us that have won conference championships. We've had 12 that showed up in their in their tour in their conference championship game. We've had 50 kids that were edge leadership athletes that ended up being all conference. And we've had six programs that showed up in the NCAA tournament bid. So again, you know, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. And, and so we've seen the impact that putting the time in and investing in your culture and investing in your leadership, we've seen the impact that it has. And, and you know, and some people say that I'm too confident about this, but I tell coaches this either invest in your leadership and your culture or get beat by somebody who does. I mean, you look at guys like, uh, you know, Nick Saban and the coaches at some of those big programs, they do it intentionally on a daily basis. They engage the culture and the leadership of their teams. It is something that we have to do if you want to win. Well, great stuff. I'm a hundred percent with you on that. And I love the specific examples that you gave you know, I, I think that's something that uh, our, our listeners can really get their teeth into. Uh, David, this has been really cool. Almost makes me want to uh, put on my whistle again and uh, start coaching uh, with your team. Um, but we're not done yet. Um, we always like to wrap up with the athletic director, or we could even say coach's uh, toolbox. Uh, you certainly know your way around the world of athletics and coaching, but we're going to take our final break. And when we come back, uh, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director, a brand new leader, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. So uh, let's take that final break. When we come back, uh, we're going to find out what David Kitchen is going to put into his new athletic director toolbox. We want to thank Athletic Surveys for their support of the podcast. Athletic Surveys 
are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. ADs usually only hear back from the complainers, uh, the people that want to gripe about your program, and that's usually only about 2%. Athletic surveys will connect you with the 2%, but they'll also connect you with the 98% that really love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're meeting with that frustrated parent or maybe your principal or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to show you how they can create a custom survey that'll let you take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting today, and it's been a great visit, with David Kitchen. He is the founder and president of Edge Leadership Academies. Um, you're, if you haven't gone to his website, you really need to do so. We're going to give out that website in just a minute. But right now, I'm going to challenge him to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let him put three things in the toolbox. So, David? What three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? So I, I'm, I'm going to give them three frameworks. I'm going to give them three things, um, three ways to think about things. And, and I think if you think about everything in leadership, everything in directing an athletic department, according to these three things, you're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. So the first thing that I'm going to tell them is you only get to focus on three things, right? The culture, the vision, and the people. If you invest in those three things, everything else will take care of itself. The culture, the vision, the people. Don't worry about winning. Don't worry about results right now. Focus on those three things and stay committed to those three things. So again, the culture, the vision, and the people. All right, Make your culture clear and concise. Make sure your vision is clear and concise and it's repeated all the time. And then the people. People say all the time it's about getting the right people on the bus and getting the wrong people off. Well, it's also about knowing where to put those people. It's also knowing what who has the map, who has the driving skills. So identify your bell curve. That's tip number two. Okay, so tip number one is culture, vision, and people. Those are the only things you need to focus on. Tip number two, identify your bell curve from day one. Figure out who your high performers are, your medium performers, your low performers. Also figure out who are the people that drive your culture? Who are the people within your organization that if you said, okay, this person is going to be a representative of XYZ high school, right? Why? What values do they bring to the table? Why is that your person? And then you figure out what behaviors do I need to show everybody else so that we have more people that look like this person, more people that act like this person, right? So identify that. We need to identify within our bell curve. Again, figure out your people's motivations. What are they motivated by? Does, it, does this coach want to be a winner? Do they want to just have great student athlete experience? Do they care about academics? What is it that motivates them? Why do they want to be a coach? Figure those things out early and often. Then from there, figure out what type of goals you want to set for your program. Right? Do you want to make these goals? Are we in a situation where we want to set goals that just make people feel good? Right? Or are we in a situation where we want to set goals that are really going to stretch our athletic department? Right? Identify that. Identify where your people are at within that what they're capable of, and then make sure your resources match your expectations. That's another piece, okay? That's a big mistake that people make a lot. 
All right, the third one, and this is the most important of all of them. Okay, I tell every single young leader and every new leader that I work with this, you can't unburn a cake. Okay, you can't unburn a cake. You can always turn the heat up. But once you go in, the same is true of relationships. If you come in hot with a million rules and a million changes, you can't undo the damage to that relationship. It will take too long, right? So when I tell, when new leaders come in, I tell them standards, not rules, okay? A lot of roads lead to Rome. They don't have to be done a certain specific way, unless it's a safety issue, compliance issue, et cetera, that's different, right? But for the most part, you need to give people standards, behaviors, behaviors and habits that we follow, and then let them be themselves. You can't unburn the cake, okay? So don't come in too hot. So those will be my three tips, my three tools that I would give somebody to go in. And then my fourth one is just a life tip. Be who you needed. Be the mentor you needed, be the leader you needed, be the friend you needed, and be the human that you needed. That would be the number four tip. So that that those my that's my toolbox. I think if you handle those things and you handle them correctly, um, you can be successful. Well, you probably saw me scribbling all those uh, notes down. Uh, I, I love, oh, I love them all. Uh, I, I love that one. You can't unburn uh, a, a cake. I think that might be a, an original tool. We've had well over a thousand. So uh, uh, very cool. David, again, this has been great spending some time with you. I wish we had more time. If one of our listeners wants to reach out, pick your brain a little bit more or find out more about edge leadership and listeners, I think you got a tremendous resource here. How do they get in touch with you? Yeah. So there's, there's a few different ways. Um, First one, I'll just give out my personal email. Please feel free to reach out to me. It's dkitchen at edgeleadershipacademy.com. So again, that's D is in David. Kitchen is in the room in the house at edgeleadershipacademy.com. Um, our website is edgeleadershipacademy.com. Uh, so we have stuff on there. Again, there's a lot of free resources on there. So please take advantage of that stuff. If you don't see something on there that you need, reach out to me because I probably have something free that we give away anyways. My business partner is probably cringing listening to this, but it's okay. That's what I'm here to do. I'm a coach at heart. I want to help coaches. I want to help athletic directors. Uh, social media wise, I am at Coach D Kitch on everything. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, it's at Coach D Kitch. We keep it simple there. There's also a ton of free resources on my social media as well, infographics and things that you can use with your team. Um, if you're looking for, you know, a more detailed, more detailed uh, evaluation, some things that you want to talk about, okay, we have our campus, our summer campus tours going on right now, but we are booking dates for our fall tour as well. So that'll be available. Just reach out to me through email. We can get in the process of doing that. Um, we also have our book available on Amazon. So it's called The Pyramid uh, System for Developing Tomorrow's Leaders Today. That is available on Amazon right now. I think it's like 12 bucks. Um, we made it cheap. It's only 50 It's only fifty pages. It is a quick and dirty field guide for coaches and athletic directors on how to develop leaders within your program. Um, so that's, that's all the resources that I have. Again, I'm here to help anybody that I can add as much value as I possibly can because this profession and, and being around athletes and student athletes has has given me every opportunity in the world. So it's my job to give back. Well, David, thanks again for sharing with our listeners some really great stuff. And listeners, I really encourage you to uh, check out uh, Edge Leadership and all the sites that, uh, that David just listed. Uh, David, thanks again for being on. Thank you so much for having me, man. I love what you do here, uh, providing a platform and providing tools for, for people and, and tools for athletic directors, man. You have no idea the impact uh, that coaches and ADs have on our youth. So thank you so much for what you do.
Well, thank you, sir. You're too kind. For listeners, uh, we do this just about every day, and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll see you next time for another great interview and just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. Thanks again.